Bonfire Babble. Welcome to the Bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. And I just almost fully forgot my own name for just a hot second. So that was good. We're off to a really good start. Good job, guys. There you go. (laughs) Happy Taurus season. (laughs) I love Taurus season. At the time of this recording, the moon is in Taurus. And can I just tell you, that is one of my... And I am a Taurus... My moon is in Taurus. Twinsies. Taurus moon is in here. I love it. Oh, that's right. Because Corey and I have so many similarities in our chart. Yeah. I'm loving it. I hope back in the day on February 25th, you all had an awesome day. Yes, it's Taurus season, baby. This is good stuff. This feels good. The moon, of course, is exalted in Taurus. It loves being in Taurus. So that's why Taurus moons feel so good. Ooh. Oh, so Ooh. good. Although with Uranus there, it adds that zany flavor sometimes. So it's not always as smooth sailing as I think the moon in Taurus would like us to be. But, you know, Uranus is going to do its thing whether we like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> and while it's in Taurus for the next few years and has been for the last few years, it's been flavoring Taurus quite a bit, hasn't it? So yeah, with that, let's get started with this season. <laughs> it's so good to be here with you guys. The Taurus season is going to start this year on April 20th. The sun will move into Taurus at 1.13 a.m. Pacific time. If we take a look at that ingress chart for the flavor of the season... Then it will be a new moon phase, right? But we actually just had the new moon in our last season in Aries, at the very last degree of Aries. But by the time Taurus season starts, right, the moon has moved forward a little bit. And now we're sitting in new moon energy, but it's in Taurus with the sun in Taurus, the moon in Taurus, which is beautiful. That feels much better. (laughs) So all that stress and crisis and angst of the Aries, a new moon that we had just a day ago, I'm hoping that's already passed for you, that we feel like we're moving beyond it. I would definitely recommend if you haven't done a new moon ritual yet, do so when the moon's in Taurus. You don't have to do it when like the moon happens. Sometimes that's not the best time. This is a great example of that. And because those Mm -hmm. nodes are going to be sitting in those early degrees of... I just wanted to make the joke that it starts on 420 blaze it. Like you were talking about a mood shift. And I was like, yeah, (laughs) it's on 420. That's funny. All right, all right, all right. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I was like, I think that's the day. I'm such a like noob when it comes to anything. So I'm glad that you branched that. Thank you. Yeah, total tone (laughs) shift. Everybody enjoy it, baby. Like, (laughs) relax. It's gonna be good. And we're gonna have it conjunct the North Node, right? So the nodes are gonna be at the beginning of Taurus for quite a while. We've had them in the beginning of Taurus for quite a while. So all these planets moving into Taurus are going to interact with that North Node right out of the gate. So we have this new moon energy sitting in the North Node. All of that hope, all those dreams and wishes that we have for the future and how we're growing and evolving. That's getting lit up right away for us. Now, all this energy is going to be square to Pluto, but it's sextiling to Saturn. So that's giving us, again, this sort of crisis energy around Pluto has moved into this very new place now. We're kind of getting used to it at this point with it being in Aquarius, what that maybe is starting to feel like, but it's bringing in this sort of, okay, there's a big shift collectively happening and the world is going to be changing. A tone is shifting, right? But because it's sextile to Saturn, which has been in Pisces now for like about a month and a half at this point, you know, we have a little bit more of that stability, that Saturn grounding us in like that sobering reality too. 
So I'm hoping that with the moon quickly shifting into Taurus and interacting with that north node, whatever the new moon brought you just a day ago, it's already starting to feel like, yes, the path is being laid out in front of me. I know where I'm going. This is where I'm building towards, right? Taurus energy is that earth energy. So it's that manifestation, that physical, tangible moving into a direction that we can build something together. And then Mercury will be sextile to Mars. So that's communication and movement and body and like our energy working together in good relationship, in harmony together. So we have this new chapter that started and we might feel that pressure, but the Taurus energy is really lending us energy to put in the work and endurance necessary to start actually building out our dreams and all of this earth energy. It's going to be ruled, this whole season will be ruled by Venus and Venus will be hanging out in Gemini at first, which is a nice combination of that curiosity plus beauty, right? So Taurus energy interacting with a Venus and Gemini. I look at it as like that zany YouTube creator that is really into fashion and also like making weird crafts. There's a specific one I'm thinking of and if you know who that is, but anyway, or if you resonate with that, but that's like that energy where it's, there's a lot of curiosity and whimsy about this, but it's comfy and cozy. That's how I think of a Venus and Gemini ruling Taurus. Cozy whimsy. Exactly. What a delight. Right? You know, so we have a good, I think we have a good vibe to the beginning of this season. And then Venus will be moving into Cancer, right? And that's going to be even softer, a softer version of last season's energy because Mars ruling Aries season moved from Gemini to Cancer. And now we're having the same thing with this season's ruler of Venus moving from Gemini to Cancer. But it's a softer version of this. Venus is, of course, a little bit more concerned with our pleasure and our relationships and our happiness and what we're trying to attract. So she's a bit more comfortable in Cancer. And she's just quirky and fun in Gemini. So that's a tone of Taurus season as a whole. Of course, we're going to get into that more. But on the very next day, April 21st, we have want Mercury retrograde. Oh, no want was. <laughs> Back up your electronics. Oh. Yes. Now, here's some good news about this. Okay. Mercury retrograde. Just so you're aware, this year of 2023, all of the Mercury retrogrades will occur in Earth signs. So that's a theme with all of the Mercury retrogrades. We had one back at the beginning of the year in Capricorn. This one on April 21st will be in Taurus. And then the one later in the year will be in Virgo. And so look at the degrees of 5 through 15 degrees of Taurus in your chart. And that will give you an idea of where that Mercury retrograde is occurring for you. But what I like about this Mercury retrograde is Mercury is making a lot nicer of aspects. There's a lot of chines and sextiles going on. So this is more harmonious energy. It's easier flowing, not as much tension. So truthfully, I don't anticipate to be this to be as frustrating as like the last few retrogrades we've had, let alone the last one. Because I know the last one, I think, threw a lot of us for a loop. Mars was retrograde at the same time as the one in January. So there was a lot of that energy adding to the mix as well. This time, it's just Mercury. It's hanging out in Taurus. It stays in Taurus. And it's only going to be retrograde until, let's see, May 14th. So the entire Mercury retrograde will be encapsulated in this Taurus season. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, if it's going to be in a season, I'd rather it be. If you're going to drink, I'd rather you do it in the house. <laughs> if it's going to be happening, I'd rather it happen in Taurus, which is grounded and like stable. It yes. is in my seventh house, those degrees that you talked about. Yeah. So thanks. It's okay. I didn't put your charts in here, so I'm going to have to trust you both. <laughs> I have your charts for the moons, but not Mercury. I can look it up real fast, but you know, I trust you both. I think you'll be fine. 
And like I said, wherever you are at, go ahead and take a look at where those degrees are. That might give you some idea of how the energy is interacting. Also, any of my Mercury-ruled friends, so my Geminis or my Virgos, or if you have a lot of Gemini-Virgo energy, this, as you probably are well aware, will affect you directly because Mercury is your ruler. So, uh, But because it's in Taurus, and again, it's making a lot of more harmonious aspects. I mean, we have to remember a Mercury retrograde at its core, right, is when Mercury is its closest to Earth. And it's retrograding, taking us back, having us relook, rewrite, re reflect all those rewords. And it's trying to get us, in this case, more grounded with Taurus themes. So that's going to be taking care of self and nurturing ourselves, our body, looking at our resources and cultivating. I mean, cultivation and growth are two words I always consider to be Taurus words. Looking back, Mercury is going to encourage us to look back and do some things over and I find that this Mercury retrograde may be a little bit more comfortable in doing that. We take a look back at something we have to fix or rethink, and we might glean some more information that helps us grow it in an even deeper, more meaningful way or in a more beautiful way. So I'm hoping you all have a wonderful Mercury retrograde. Hopefully at least a little more comfortable, a little more like a little more ease and flow and harmony in this where it lends itself to the answers we're looking for a little like less stressfully. As we wrap up April, right? So we have this like kind of kicking off our Taurus season. And remember too, Mercury retrogrades tend to make us feel more urgent. Mercury is sitting at its closest to Earth. But Taurus season is telling us to slow down. (laughs) So there's this like weird back and forth here. Take a cue from Taurus season and remember to slow down, right? It's not that urgent. It's not that big of a deal. And not to make any of your issues out there smaller, but just remember that taking that extra moment, that extra pause is going to really benefit you in the moments that feel like it has to get done right now, (laughs) right? And so take a step back and bring in that energy of Taurus, that slow moving bull in the field. There's no reason to rush, right? So as we move into the end of April, we're going to have Mars being in Cancer and it will be sextile Uranus and Taurus, which I love this energy. It's bringing in brilliant ideas and inspiration. There may be some surprises, but because Mars is in a good aspect to Uranus, I anticipate there'll be more you're met with the surprise and then you're able to carefully plan or defend yourself and build up your defenses in case this happens again. Again, we're going to be anticipating surprises around a Mercury retrograde as well. So just keeping in mind like, okay, take this as it comes, be ready for when that happens and having a measured approach to it will be really beneficial. And then May 1st, like there's really not much happening at the end of April. It's just the start of that Taurus season and then the Mercury retrograde kicking us off. But May 1st, Pluto is going to move into retrograde. It's only just barely reached Aquarius. It's only at zero degrees Aquarius. And it's going to be retrograde until October 10th, where it will retrograde back into Capricorn to 27 degrees. It's going to re-enter Capricorn sometime in June. And then it will go all the way back to 27 degrees. And on October 10th, it will station direct and move forward back into Aquarius. Now, the last couple episodes, we've been talking about Pluto and Aquarius and all that energy. Hopefully by now you have some sense of what that's starting to feel like. But we're going back in the past and cleaning up (laughs) the mess that we left in Capricorn because it's not done yet, baby. But for this season, Pluto will remain in Aquarius. It will just be in retrograde. So it's going to be moving at its slowest. That means the energy is at its most powerful We can anticipate the days around May 1st potentially bringing in some bigger world news because it is going into retrograde at zero degrees Aquarius. So just 
Be ready for potentially an intense time. If you have planets around, I would say 27 degrees Capricorn to 3 degrees Aquarius, that might be something that gets affected for you pretty strongly just because Pluto is in its really strong placement here and it's vibrating its highest potential when it's stationing retrograde. We're only really getting a taste of this new Aquarius chapter, but because it's sitting at this most potent degree of Aquarius, we might have these themes coming in really strong, and we will likely revisit them later again in the next year or so, or in the next coming years, frankly. So it's all stuff that's coming back, (laughs) and it's why I'm just saying be aware of what's going on, but this is more of a collective story, so it may not be affecting you so strongly unless you have those degrees that I mentioned earlier in your chart with a planet there or at a potential strong placement in your chart. What degree of Aquarius was that? So it's going to station retrograde at zero degrees Aquarius. If you have anything at zero degrees, yeah, if you have anything there, that's hitting you square on. I would also say if you're a Leo born at the very beginning of Leo season, so that's Leo at zero degrees, that's going to hit you very strong as well. And you can extend that on to the fixed signs. If you have anything at zero degrees Taurus or zero degrees Scorpio, that's in square to you, right? So it is affecting all of us on some level. And then the people with those placements that have it at the zero degree, it's going to be the strongest. But if you have anything within two or three degrees of that, right? So working backward, that 27 degrees of Capricorn moving into zero degrees Aquarius being the climax. And then even if you have two or three degrees of Aquarius, like I have an asteroid at two degrees Aquarius. So I'm anticipating some form of something around that energy in my own chart. It's not going to hit me directly, but it may be something that is very critical to that planet's themes in my life. So just be aware of that if that's something in your chart and that time will be very potent for you. And then from about May 3rd through 5th, Venus and Gemini is going to be sextile Jupiter and Aries. We talked earlier about how like Venus and Gemini is that creative sort of zany energy and I love it in sextile with Jupiter. That's a really nice relationship to Jupiter in passionate Aries, which it's been in now since December. So there's a lot, it's lovely and fun, right? That Gemini bringing a childlike curiosity and then Aries is giving it that bold flavor and passion. So things are going to feel positive and spicy, I hope. (laughs) So it's a nice tail end to like whatever happens with this Pluto stationing retrograde, we have this to look forward to to bring us back to a more passionate, positive placement. And then on May 5th, we're going to have a lunar eclipse in Scorpio. So it's eclipse season, folks. (laughs) It's decision-making time and faded things are happening whenever the eclipses are activated and the nodes are activated with the moons. We tend to see people coming in, like literally being born. And we also see people leaving as in dying or going on to our their next lifetime, right? A lot of decisions are usually made around the nodes. So it's a, it can be an intense time and lunar eclipse in Scorpio nonetheless, Scorpio being one of the dar- the deepest signs in the zodiac. It's going to be at 14 degrees Scorpio and the moon will be exact at a full moon at 1034 a.m. So if you think about the lunar eclipse, right, the moon is going to be bathed in that like red light because it's the sun's light is being eclipsed by the earth to the moon. And so emotions are especially high right now. Scorpio gives that lunar eclipse, that full moon, a deep intensity, and it kind of longs to penetrate the surface of what's going on. And I don't mean to make like a joke about Scorpio and penetration, but (laughs) there it is. (laughs) But there it is. Yes. (laughs) So there it is. Yeah. And then the sun will be very close to Uranus at this time. This lunar eclipse could bring in some shakeups or surprises to your foundations and 
it may feel a little bit, I mean, again, full moon energy is intense, right? We know this. Just be ready for around that time, especially with it being a lunar eclipse in Scorpio. This is a time when emotions are probably going to be very high. Venus will be in square to Neptune as well. So it may be emotions are high because of an uncovering of deceit or trickery. We may have our rose-colored glasses ripped off of us or forced to look at something that's like more black and white. Venus being in Gemini, right? Looking at the two sides of things and having to make decisions. But Saturn is still providing this nice stabilizing path with us because it's in a good aspect to the nodes. So any decisions that you're making around this time are backed up with a sobering truth, which is good. We want to live in truth. We want to live in the exposure of the things that are deceitful and bad. So just be ready for that either in your own life or in world news. And because Pluto is square to the nodes right now, and this is the lunar eclipse is in Scorpio, right? So that's going to be the moon's ruler, Pluto, in square to it. Um, there will likely be some sort of a decision that is made around this full moon that maybe just feels bigger even than yourself. Like you're a small part in this big decision, but you have to make this decision. So for me, it's happening in my eighth house, which is really deep and fun. That's the house of, <laughs> well, let's see, death and sex and taxes and fine- other people's money. Wow. No, no small thing, right? <laughs> It's a great, if you have aspects happening in the eighth house, great time to purge. Get rid of stuff. Just say goodbye to it. (laughs) That's my plan. I'm going to be purging quite a bit, hopefully, because I'd like to go through all my my pre-pregnancy clothes. That'd be nice because I'm not wearing them. (laughs) So that's what I'm hoping for in terms of that. And of course, that'll bring up emotions and memories and things. So you can craft some of these, you know, you are powerful, right? This is your craft. You can craft these transits to work for you. But of course... I'm going to be ready for whatever the universe throws at me. Corey and Detta, do you happen to know where that 14 degree Scorpio is? I don't have my app, so no. I have first, yours, don't worry. First house. Yes, it is your first house, Corey. Corey, of course, first house is going to be the body. So your actual self, you, Corey, your spirit, your ego, your essence, your soul. And so I really think about the physical body of the first house being that house that you live in, right? Your soul lives in. And so that's where that's going to be for you. It may be some sort of an intense thing. Watch yourself. Be protected. Be careful right around this time and just make smarter decisions, I think, around your health as well as just like how your body is moving through space and time. And then, Detta, for you, this is happening in your 12th house, but only by three minutes. (laughs) Like, or no, only by like one degree. It is so close. So really what it is, is it's on your ascendant or your rising because you are oh. a Scorpio rising. So I am indeed. it's right there on there. So it's taking both the 12th house theme and also what I just explained with Corey's first house theme. But this is really, I mean, your ascendant, your rising. It's the ruler of your chart and it's how you present yourself to the world. So it really could actually be this lunar eclipse might inspire you to completely change your look. <laughs> I mean, Scorpio is all about transformation, right? So it may be something that like you decide to change and I'm going to change the way that I physically appear and I'm going to go in this direction because I feel inspired to do. It might be something like, you know, I found this fabulous outfit that I want to wear. Like it doesn't have to be crazy scary, right? But it's probably going to be something about how you are presenting yourself into the world, into the universe, and how you might want to shift that a little bit because it's taking in those 12th house themes of like all this stuff karmically that you've brought from you and how you're relating to the universe spiritually where you are. And like what conclusions you're drawing about how you want to present yourself now. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. I, yeah. I just went I'm on gonna, a tangent. I like went there no, and I was like, oh, I great. hope that made sense. <laughs> Good I'm stuff. excited. Yes. Let's do it. 
Yeah. So, I mean, really potent lunar eclipse, I think, for all three of us <laughs> in the room right now. And I hope all of you out there listening, you can find where this lunar eclipse is happening. 14 degrees Scorpio is where it is in the chart. And make it work for you, baby, because you're powerful. You're a witch. You can do it. <laughs> yeah, you can. And remember, if you are, if you have your houses in our house, you just heard three. So there are nine of you left that don't have yours. <laughs> so if you Sorry. need some help. Hopefully I'll cover some more houses later and you can apply the same thinking. Totally. Because you know what? Corey and I both want the practice. We can't promise we'll be right, but (laughs) I will answer if you write and try to help you find it. Good stuff. And I'm always happy to help when I can too. She will call on you the moment that you, (laughs) you know, yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about May right now, so I'm going to be pretty (laughs) dang close to Maybe Jim and Answer, Jim and Answer coming. I don't know which one it's going to be. So will I have a Litha baby? <laughs> yes. We have all these songs we have to record. All these great parodies. <laughs> Love it. So we'll be on that. Our album will be dropping in Watch out, Weird Al. We're coming for your wig. I love it. That's perfect. Bring in the music. Yes. And so after May 5th, we have... A couple transits like taking us to the next moon transit, right? So May 7th, Venus will be moving into Cancer. We discussed that earlier, but Venus can recenter here, right? There's not this Gemini. Do I do this? Do I do that? I don't want to choose. It goes, no, this is, I think, where I'm connected to and more nurturing. And she becomes a little bit more sensitive and sweet. And it pairs really nicely with that Taurus sun. There's a nurturing quality here. And it just feels more like wholesome and comfortable. I think the energy is going to slow a little bit. On May 9th, just two days later, we're going to have the sun will be conjunct Uranus and Taurus. The sun is only conjunct Uranus once a year, right? But at the same time, we're going to have Mercury sextile Saturn, which will actually stay there for the rest of the season because it is moving so slowly in retrograde. Venus will be sextile the North Node and Mercury sextile the Venus. So if you are not following me, I said sextile a couple times and sextile is an energy that is very communicative, collaborative, relationship, friendship. It's friendly, harmonious energy. You know, the sun conjunct Uranus can be a crazy thing, right? Uranus is rebellion and revolution and technology and inspiration. It can be like groundbreaking. It's fast. It's instantaneous. It's amputation. It's tower card. Like, you know, there's a lot of AI. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's built up into like, you know, a lot of energy with Uranus. And so when the sun is conjunct that, astrologers tend to look at that as like, okay, this is, you know, a big time, like the sun is conjunct, that's bringing light to whatever's shaken up right now. But because we have all this sextile energy at the same time, I'm hoping this puts a more positive spin, a nice harmonious energy, a more collaborative energy with this. And so we can expect more like inspiration and like, you know, people working together and coming up with great solutions to things that are breaking free from the shackles of society, right, that are holding us back. And a lot of Mercury is happening. It's that retrograde energy. So again, this is that inviting us to look back at what we have been doing and maybe having a breakthrough because we rediscover something that we missed, right? So breakthrough being that key word here with this conjunction with Sun and Uranus on May 9th, I think, you know, hopefully it's going to be happening in a little bit more of a positive and like happier place (laughs) for all of us. I hope that for you at least. So take advantage too, because it's a great creativity day as well. And being in Taurus, there's this energy of beauty and cultivation and growth. So a lot of potential there for you. From about May 13th to the 21st, though, we're going to have Jupiter square to Pluto. (laughs) And Jupiter is at 29 degrees. 
This 29 degree keeps coming up, what right? The fuck? Here, Dude. let's be as intense as possible. No in between. Yeah. No. So if you've got stuff sitting at that 29 degree in your chart, it is hitting you directly, especially if you're one of my cardinal signs. So that's Aries, Cancer, Capricorn, and... Oh, I'm blanking. Sorry. Oh, my gosh. Libra. Thank you. Okay, here we go. And yeah, any of you cardinal signs at 29 degrees, that is something that you might be feeling really strong with Jupiter squared to Pluto there. Again, we're thinking Jupiter. This is the planet of expansion around Pluto. This is like, you know, planet of the underworld. And so this can bring a big sort of explosive energy around things like secrets and, you know, all Plutonian things. So the stuff that's existing under the surface, under underground. So this can bring out like answers or scandals, collapses. This brings like to the forefront, like a sense of justice and truth needs to be fought for. It's at the end of Aries too. So there's like a lot of like self, you know, energy here that's trying to like fight for itself and defend itself and say like, this is what's right. And I'm passionate and furious about it. And then it's in like this trust stressful aspect with the God of the underworld. <laughs> so what I'm looking at here is like, this can be a volatile period, right? And again, this is from May 13th through about 21st. We had this earlier in the year in March when Venus was at this degree at 29 degrees Aries. So stuff from March might be coming back up for you again. But just remember, this is meant to bring a greater understanding from this crisis. And Pluto has moved at least into Aquarius at this point. So it might feel a little less crisis-like, but, you know, Jupiter being there, it's expanding that. And when I say crisis too, I want to just make sure people understand, like, yes, it can be crisis. It can be very difficult. I mean, eclipse season too, like I said, it can, you know, we might have to say goodbye to loved ones at this point. The portals are open, essentially. So it can be a very tough time, a very deep time. But crisis can also look like stuff you're going through in your life that you're like, I got to fix this. I got to change. I got to make a shift. I got to change direction and, you know, fill my sails with a different wind. <laughs> you know, if you're feeling that energy, if that's resonating with you, use it to your advantage at this time because Jupiter is meant to expand your knowledge in order to make those empowering decisions forward. Breathe, now, everybody. Yeah, breathe. Yeah, <laughs> All together now. Thank you. All I right. needed that. All right. Pregnancy, it's so fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm just praying for no crisis around that. That'd be really, really great. Anyways. But thankfully, okay, so the, what's nice is we have this like starting on May 13th. The energy will peak in the middle or the, rather like around May 17th, 18th of May. But May 14th, we're going to have Mercury moving direct. So at least Mercury is moving direct for this decision-making time. Remember, of course, if Mercury is stationing, that means it is moving its slowest in the sky. So it is its most powerful and its most urgent. So take that cue from Taurus and slow down. But it also like, I mean, remember, it's in Taurus too. So Taurus energy might be encouraging us to sort of dig our heels in the ground. Or, you know, suddenly we have like a bull like temper and we're seeing red and we're running for things. Remember to slow it down. <laughs> and that Mercury is going to be making us feel more urgent and like, oh, things are happening and they're super critical and I need to solve it right now. And we got to just like slow it down and connect ground with the earth before you run into things because whatever's happening out there in the world with that Jupiter square to Pluto at the same time, it might make it feel really crisis-like. So 
just want to be aware. But at least Mercury will be moving direct at this point. And of course, Mercury moves very fast. So it's going to be on a roll pretty soon. No problem. And then Mercury. And then May 16th, Jupiter will be moving into Taurus. So this, <laughs> I've been talking about Jupiter and Aries since December. And Jupiter's finally ready to shift into a new place and start building all those dreams that we've been cultivating, right? And so we have the groundwork laid out. We're like, okay, these are the ones we want to go with. I think things are definitely going to feel like they're going to like slow down. There's a lot of speed up, slow down, speed up, slow down with this season, right? And so this is more of that pulling back and putting on the brakes, but not in a way that's like frustrating per se. I think it's more in like a refreshing, like, okay, relief. Jupiter is bringing in the hope of the North Node and giving us grounding and foundation with Taurus. And we're able to cultivate and grow those dreams that we've been looking at. So even through this square, right, happening, Jupiter being in Taurus is going to ground us a little bit more. Just those first couple days of that square, I think might feel a little chaotic. So just so you're aware that, again, the chaos period is sort of between that May 13th through 16th. After the 16th, I think it's going to start feeling a little better, even though we're in that peak square energy. So just so you all have that. And that brings us to the new moon on May 19th, just a couple days later. So the new moon is going to be in Taurus, and it's at 28 degrees of Taurus. It'll be exact at 8.53 a.m. If we look at the chart for that moon, the moon is going to be sextile Mars and trying to Pluto. Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> a nice aspect to the malefic planets. So whatever's going on, right, with all that square energy we just talked about, I think this new moon is going to like crystallize and make our direction forward a lot more clear. And we're going to be able to like clarity is what I get with this. And like, a, a, again, the sense of laying the path forward. So putting like the literal bricks down and like going forward. Mars will be at 29 degrees at this point, which is of course, right? And it'll be at the very end of Cancer. But I kind of feel like it's taking, because that Cancer energy plays well with the Moon and Taurus. So it's taking all that frustration that Mars has been giving us, Pluto's been giving us, and Jupiter's been exasperating for us. And it's like, okay, like there's a clarity that comes from that helps us lay out the path ahead of us. And we're making decisions to bring us forward in a more grounded way. It's also going to be the new moon will be sextile to Neptune, which I think is really lovely. It's bringing that element of compassion in, letting your dreams grow out of whatever you've just gone through. It's also a nice new moon to escape a little bit and maybe just do something creative and beautiful just for the hell of it. Like make something pretty out of ugly, right? <laughs> and Jupiter will be square in Mars in this time. But I don't mind a Jupiter square Mars as much just because it kind of clarifies again. It challenges our belief system, but like in a good way. Like, okay, so you can talk the talk. Can you walk the walk? It's that kind of a challenge. And I think our shortcomings into whatever it is we're going into are going to come into focus, which, yes, is a little uncomfortable, can be a little exposing or like, you know, annoying because like, oh, okay, we have to get over this before I can start this process. But it's clear and it's there and we're able to see it. So for me personally, this new moon in Taurus at 28 degrees is happening in my second house. So that's like the house of my resources and my like literal home and things. And then for my ladies in, in the room, do you guys know where it's at? Oh, yeah. So, Conwin, I should have stopped you earlier, but oh, no worries. Uh, things are getting really bad again. Sorry. And it's like no, it's having okay. trouble breathing. <laughs> oh, yeah. So slow down. Yeah. Slow down and breathe. You don't have to rush yourself at all. Not at all. And if you need some water, grab some water. Yeah, thanks. 
Yeah. Yeah. Whenever. Oh, and at this point, I'd sort of just pass it off to you is where we left off. So if you guys know where your 28 degree Taurus moon is, I can take a breather if you want to bring I that do. up. It's in my eighth house. It is, Corey. It's my yes. eighth house. It's right there. So the eighth house is that really fun house of like death, sex, finances, and taxes and other people's money. <laughs> so a new moon in that arena, right? I mean, I always, I love encouraging people to purge when it comes to the eighth house because that's controlling whatever ending or death you're dealing with and it's also like getting rid of stuff right so for you it could look like that for a new moon sort of a new pathway forward you're getting rid of the stuff you don't need anymore but it can also look like you know a new relationship with your intimacy with taxes with other people's money so of inheritances things like that but it might come in the form of a new direction coming from like, again, outside influences that are not of you, but like happening near you. And some, a lot of times this will happen like with spouses. But for you specifically, it might just be like a family member is dealing with like a money thing or there's a money thing happening at your work. And you're having to sort of find your place with that and discover, okay, like, where's my pathway forward? Money is really wrapped up into that eighth house. But then also it's around these like more intimate forms of like death and sex, right? So it's really controlling endings in your life. I think ending is the best way to look at it. And then, you know, for you, it might just be like, hey, I want to try something a little spicy and new. And like that works too. So (laughs) it's a new moon. It's in Taurus, right? So you can work with that in whatever way resonates with you, but around Taurus-like energy. And then Detta for you, it's going to be in your seventh house. So this new moon happening in the house of relationship, this is spouse, this is business partners, this is the you and me, so how you are relating to others. So this new moon could, again, signify a new relationship. It could be a new direction you're taking. With all of the energy happening right now, I think whatever direction either of you choose to go in, it will likely become clear in the days preceding the new moon. So it's like, okay, I'm going in this new direction. You may not even think about it. It just might naturally Mm. happen. So it's, you know, it's just sort of circumstances and you know, stuff happening because of all the other things that have led up to it at that point. And it just is a natural way forward. I shall predict that Corey will start or have just started her new dream job. Uh-huh. And so that it we be. will have to reassess how we're going to move forward with the podcast and all that good stuff. I'm not we going anywhere. Don't panic, yeah. anybody. No, oh, no. Oh, no. That's not what I meant. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're not because I'll go camp on her lawn. Okay, <laughs> I mean, no, I would never do that. Okay, anyway, sorry. Go ahead. That whole digging the Taurus heels in, like I'm in your lawn. <laughs> I love it. And with that, actually, so like the new moon's going to happen right before we move into Gemini season on May 20th, and I just wanted to add. May 20th is also the day that Mars is going to move into Leo. So while Mars is at that 29th degree when we have the new moon, it's going to move very quickly into the new sign of Leo. Mars and Leo is some big energy folks. Like get ready for a lot of like, I need to take care of myself and I need to be myself and shine my light, baby. Right. So that's going to feel like a definite tone shift with that Gemini season. And Sun and Gemini and Mars and Leo together are going to pair really beautifully. So I think that Whatever decision we come to in that new moon period is going to really kick off with that Gemini season starting on the 20th. But of course, there will be more about that in the next episode. Awesome. And then for that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Episode. Episodes, indeed. (laughs) 
But with that, I also have your magical days. I did not forget. Yes, please. Yes. And so the first one that this is the one I like the most. I'll be honest, it was pretty hard to find some like really potently gorgeous, perfect days to do magic because there's a lot of stuff happening like in the sky. And it's not even like the I mean, obviously, we know there's been some crisis degrees happening and there's tension going on, but there's not like I think we're going to see as a whole in Taurus season that sort of push-pull energy a little bit. We want to slow down, but we feel urgent, but we want to slow down, right? That back and forth tension. So there's no like perfectly harmonious day. But I did find (laughs) two days that I think would work well for magic. So April 23rd was my first choice. This day, Venus is going to be conjunct the moon in Gemini. So we have a nice Venus pleasure, happy, attractive, like bringing in relationships energy with our moon, our heart in creative, fun Gemini, sextiling Chiron. So that's bringing in that element of like new age healing and just like, you know, crossing the rainbow bridge into all the potential of magic, right? And then Mars will be sextile Uranus and Mercury. So that's really nice energy around literally our physical energy, our bodies with like inspiration and divine like thinking, right? And then the sun will be conjunct the North Node, sextile Saturn. We've got Neptune sextile Pluto, which is very deep and magical. And while Pluto will be square to the nodes, it's there for a while, like a long time. So it's not going to feel like crisis at this point. The decision needs to be made. I like Pluto square the nodes in a way because it is taking that sort of karmic approach to the decisions that we're making around this eclipse season. So it's a good crossroads point in our life. So if you have done crossroads magic or anything regarding crossroads, this is a perfect day for that. Uh, I think creativity and communication in any kind of relationship that you want to promote will lead to healing as well. So if you're trying to promote good relationships or communication, this is a great day to use that. The sun is given a stability and hope by that North Node and Saturn relationship. So if you're thinking about your dreams forward and whatever self-discipline you need to enact, or um, maybe just like bringing in good energy to manifest something, this is a great time for that. And then Neptune and Pluto being in relationship is especially deep and magical. So if you want to just go off and, you know, (laughs) do some sort of like a healing journey in a way to sort of solve some karmic past or even just some shadow work kind of stuff, this is another great day for that. But the moon conjunct Venus is very sweet. And I like, you know, the idea of sort of a self-love around this and like, where are you growing to and using that creativity. It's a good, as I said, a crossroads because you can really find your direction in this day my second yeah and what day was that before you and this will be april 23rd april 23rd okay cool yeah and And then the next day that i picked which is not my favorite but i like it better than other days (laughs) is going to be may 13th so we have the moon conjunct saturn more of a sobering moon but it's trying to venus so we still get that sweet energy with venus and saturn when they work together i'm willing to put off this immediate pleasure, immediate satisfaction in order to have a deeper reward later when the work comes. So I like with the moon there because that's the heart in a good relationship to that idea. And you can really put in the work necessary to build toward your dreams, right? And then the Venus and moon Saturn is all in a really nice aspect to the nodes and to Mercury. It's all trying the south node. So that's bringing in that karmic relationship from the past and sort of your gifts and where it is you're coming from, your last lessons. Mars will be sextiling the sun. So we have really good energy helping our soul move forward. The thing I don't like about this day is Mars is going to be opposing Pluto, but it can bring to light some deeper truth. So actually, I was looking at this day going, 
this would be the perfect day for a past life regression. (laughs) If you want to try to do that or head down and get some answers, doing some deep work in like scrying or tarot or meditation around the idea of whatever you're bringing in from your past life that you need to heal. Because that Mars opposing Pluto is sort of these two malefic planets at odds with each other. But it from that like conflict brings truth and brings like an uncovering of stuff that needs to be dealt with. And Mars wants to like work with it and make it happen. And it's in going to be an energy that is Aquarius and Cancer. So that's Cancer energy working with the sort of wild technology Aquarius energy that Pluto's sitting in. So it's again, bringing that there might be like a need for defensiveness, like, oh, I don't want to uncover that. But if you can get through that and push through it a little bit, a lot of answers are going to come through. And that Aquarius might even give you like a breakthrough in that moment. So it's a little bit of a harder day. It's my second choice for that reason. But I definitely think if you're ready to uncover some stuff, May 13th is a great day for you. But it's good stuff, right? We can You can look at any chart and you can find all the joy and the love in it. And mm-hmm. we all, nobody has a perfect chart. Nobody has, and in fact, a perfect chart is all a matter of perspective. And if you have a bunch of trines in your chart and no squares, you're not going to be very motivated to change yourself. And that can go in other directions, right? <laughs> Some tension and opposition can be a really good thing and help us grow to be like in a more empowered version of ourselves, which is what I see as the high side, right? Of that like Mars opposing Pluto. Oppositions are not bad. They're just, they're tougher. Yeah. Yep. But that's yeah. all she wrote, folks. That's Taurus season. I love Taurus season. <gasps> oh, me too. Even when it's Mercury in retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> because I actually usually really like Mercury in retrograde because it is a great excuse to like slow down and, you know, slow the communication. But January just kicked me in the. And remember, Mars is retrograde too. So that was adding, I think, to a lot of people's like, oh, yeah. yeah. I hope everybody's looking forward to tourist season as much as we are. And thank you again, of course, Conwin, for all of your Mm. amazing, thorough work on helping us be prepared. Always. Even when I'm breathless and a little confused at myself. (laughs) You are a dream. You're perfect. We'll get through it, folks. I promise. Happy to clarify where needed, but forgive (laughs) me. I'm on a lot of hormones and a lot of stuff going on. (laughs) thing cooking in your belly. I think you're allowed. I remember how hard it was to breathe. I'm just going to say. Yeah. And I've really felt it today, man. Like, wow. We've passed the peak, baby. (laughs) I love this for you. I am good. I can't wait to meet this tiny human. Same. But until we meet again, be well. Act with intention. And don't forget, you are magic. <laughs>